0: Good morning. Um, just a quick update. We um, yesterday at the retreat we had a, a good uh, a good day. Kurt shared with us and uh, really stretched our minds. So uh, it uh, uh, was it uh, was good. Biblically based and challenged. It's uh, it was a good day. Can't I'm still trying to wrap my mind around it, so uh, can't really explain it to you guys. But uh, I can point out the people that were there that might be able to help you out. So. <laughs> So uh, I did, uh, after, at the end, uh, one of the guys said uh, they wanted a, an easy sermon. So um, I don't know if I can promise easy, but for those of you who were there yesterday, you're all stretched out, so you should be ready to hit the ground running as far as being stretched. Um, this sermon, we're, uh, we're hitting week two of the quizzing material, and uh, we have more of Joseph, um, his well-known story. And uh, this one I'm going to, is going to be, Stretching for, hopefully for each one of you. It's um, a message where I'm just going to, to um, um, kind of the, the title or theme would be is walking into your destiny and seeing how, uh, what Joseph experienced and also some of the choices he made, how we can take encouragement and maybe even get a, a little bit of a challenge from that. So uh, I'm just going to present some things that might be helpful and hopefully uh, the Spirit's ministering uh, to you guys. Uh, because that will be something that's more specific to each one of you. Um, The material that you guys are studying this week actually is just uh, a second week of Joseph. And um, many of you know, it's a well-known story of his uh, journey from being favored son to a slave to prison and finally to um, the second-in-command in Egypt. Through all the trauma and, and tribulations that Joseph experienced, we realized that Joseph was right where he was supposed to be. Today's scripture will focus on when Jer- Joseph interprets Pharaoh's dream and is released from prison. But to fully appreciate the moment that where, where he's at today, we have to go back and look at some of where he was and where he's going how God used circumstances of Joseph's life to prepare him to walk into his destiny. Can you put the map up? I'm going to give a As I'm kind of going quickly over some of Joseph's history, you can kind of watch there on the map um, uh, where Joseph started. He um, was a favorite son of Jacob. Uh, Rachel was his mom, and that was Jacob's. Um, the the wife that he loved the most and um, unfortunately that favoritism wasn't really hidden and it just was something that uh, he had 11 older brothers and um, in many cases he uh, got things easier he probably was the uh, spoiled younger brother and uh, didn't come over in a good manner uh, to his older brothers and um, uh, he had gotten a uh, coat of many colors as many of you know but the straw that probably broke the camel's back is when he, he had God had prophesied in dreams, two dreams, one with sheaves and one with stars, where they, meaning the rest of his family, would bow down to him, and um, that infuriated his brothers. And um, at first they wanted to kill him. Rather than killing him, they decided that they were going to sell him to slave traders and tell their father that he had been devoured by a fierce animal. So he was sold into into slave traders, and those traders sold him into Egypt, into Potiphar's house. Potiphar was the captain of the guard, officer of Pharaoh. And in that service, uh, Joseph excelled. But three years later, he was, he was accused, falsely accused by Potiphar's wife and thrown into prison. So at 20 years old, he was sold at 17. At 20 years old, he was in a foreign land, in a prison. Nobody knows where he's at except for God, and God is with him. And he showed him favor in the prison with his steadfast love. And eventually, he was put in charge of the prisoners. God was still interpreting and speaking through God, or speaking through Joseph. Eight years later, he comes across two of the Pharaoh's servants that were thrown into jail, the cupbearer and the um, baker. And both of them had dreams. And again, this time it wasn't Joseph having the dream, but the the these two guys shared the dreams with him, and he was able to interpret them. And he was able to interpret them correctly. And the one favor he asked was that when that the, the one was favorable, the one fellow was restored, the cupbearer, and the baker, his wasn't favorable, he was actually hung. But things played out exactly as God had detailed to Joseph through um, his interpretation. And his one request of the cupbearer was, when you get restored, remember me that I may, might get out of prison. Well, it happened as he had said. The cupbearer was restored. But the cupbearer did not remember Joseph. Two more years he spent in prison. And that's where we get to today's scripture. If you can put that up. that, that um, Pharaoh had two troubling dreams. One of cows, being fat, seven of them, and then seven more coming that were skinny and ugly, and he they ate the fa- the seven fat ones, but they didn't change in, in appearance. There was also the heads of grain. Is that right, quizzers? Okay, same thing. Seven heads, seven heads of grain that looked really good and and, um, um, bountiful. Then there was seven more that came up that were dried and parched and did not have any value at all. And um, they were um, eaten up by the dry ones and nothing changed. So this troubled Pharaoh. And it's, it's it, they used descriptive words that it really troubled him. So this wasn't just something he was able to shake off. It wasn't something that he ate uh, something uh, spicy the night before and he just uh, could could shake it off. But it, the dreams that God had given him must have been significant enough that he called in all his wise men to interpret this. And they weren't able unable to do it. So it, it became... Um, a real problem for pharaoh but the cup baker at that point or the cupbearer at that point remembered his experience and the fact that joseph interpreted correctly his dream as well so he's pulled out of the pit which is probably an apt description of of prison at that time when he's pulled out of the pit at this point he's already spent he's 30 years old so he's spent the last 10 years in prison, so it kind of sets the stage of where, where he is at and what has, you know, at this point, um, you kind of wonder if he had been giving up hope at all, but within a few hours, he went from relatively a hopeless situation to one that provided wealth and power. So in his in his interpretation, I'm just gonna paraphrase with what the, the the scripture says. The prophecy? Well, first off is when he when Pharaoh he's presented, he's cleaned up and he's presented before Pharaoh, he said, Pharaoh says, I've heard that you can interpret dreams. And Joseph's response is, I can't, but God can for you. So he's continually staying close to God and giving glory back to God. But his interpretation was, he basically said, the dreams are one and the same. And it's fully set in God's mind because there was two dreams that give the same result. So the interpretation was, you're going to have seven bountiful years in your country. And after that, there'll be seven years of famine. So extreme that you will forget the seven years of bounty. But Joseph didn't stop there. He not only identified what was going to go on, he offered up a solution. And that solution was, he said, find somebody that can store away grain while it is good years so that you will be ready for those lean years. And Pharaoh talked with his officials a little bit. Oh, and, and by the way, I don't know if... Uh, for you guys who quizzed before, what happens to the wise men that aren't able to 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 interpret something for the king? Do you remember back in Daniel, when we studied Daniel a couple years ago? Yep. Well, you weren't quizzing. You're a little old, but that's good. That is the answer. <laughs> yeah, exactly. In Daniel's time... He was going to have the, the, um, the uh, wise men executed. Only Dan- Daniel arguing on their behalf saved him. We don't know what happened to the wise men here. Um, maybe they were, were executed or not. But we do know that in those uh, cultures, things were taken very seriously and somebody could act out an emotion and that was it. So Pharaoh is so impressed with, the interpretation and not only the interpretation of the dream, but also that solution that um, with a little bit of counsel from his uh, his uh, officials, they determine they 're going to offer that position somebody as wise as joseph that 's able to discern and able to not only to interpret the dream but somebody who is um, able to provide a solution, and that solution was from God, and that put Egypt in a position where they would not only survive, but they th- would thrive, and they would thrive at a time when um, Scripture says that Egypt's neighbor, neighbors did not prepare for this at all. They didn't apparently that they didn't know it was coming, or they did know it was coming and did not have the capacity to prepare. But at that time, Egypt was the only one. It, Egypt stood alone as being prepared. Um, for this. So within a few hours, Joseph went from being a relatively hopeless situation, one that provided a position of wealth and power. And he's getting ready to take steps to walk into his destiny, the destiny that God has for him. And when we look at it and we, we refer back to what um, Joseph was um, the dreams he had as a a young man, a youth. We realized that God's destiny for Joseph wasn't just to rescue him out of prison. This is when things are, are starting to accelerate, and actually he's seeing hope, and he's seeing some of the possibility of maybe what was given to him in vision maybe coming to pass, Far bigger plans or far bigger impact of with Joseph was planned because through Joseph a family will be saved, his family, which at this point's not we don't we don't have them with him at this point. A nation will grow and prosper. As we'll see in future um, Scripture uh, we study that you quizzers will be studying, is his family comes from Canaan down to Egypt because of Joseph's favor. It provides a safe place for the nation of Israel to grow for generations. They come down as a few hundred, and a few hundred years later, maybe close to 400 years later, they live as a people group of a million people. So by what... Joseph, the opportunity he has, he's, he's, um, he has a lot of impact, but he's not there yet. And the third thing, and Alan touched on it last week when he talked about Judah, was by what he, he's doing, he's preserving the line of the Messiah, which is a larger prophecy. It's the prophecy that saves us, that saves the world. But first, Joseph had to walk into his destiny. He had some decisions and commitments in which he had to specifically choose. Here's where his past is important. Joseph experienced a lot of trauma in his life. Bitterness and hatred, rejection and abandonment, false accusation, imprisonment, he was in a foreign land and he was misunderstood and as we as I read over that list, other than the imprisonment part and the specific things that Joseph experienced many of us can say yep yeah, we can identify with one or maybe more of those emotions and those feelings that were on that list bitterness and uh, bitterness and hatred rejection and abandonment being falsely accused being misunderstood And here's where we can take encouragement from Joseph's response. He is elevated into into power. Okay. Um, Let's see here. Let's go to the next part of scriptures where. um, Yeah, that's it. Okay. So this is the scripture here where Pharaoh has. Set Joseph second in command over all egypt, okay i'm not sure what if if, if things are probably happening so fast for Joseph that i 'm not sure he could fully even appreciate what was being offered to him. Mm-hmm. Egypt was a powerful country in the region of the world that they were maybe the most powerful, and he was being he was being offered the second highest position of power and authority in the country and maybe even the region who knows the world Okay. so some of the the responses that that, um, um, Joseph had and some of the things that he could have done I want to look at a little bit. One was as this is going on Joseph. We'll take a step back. Joseph just spent ten years in jail, not by his own doing. He was falsely accused. For eight years he was spent in jail. Two years more because somebody forgotten about him and didn't share. I mean, Joseph could have been thinking, "Hey, Pharaoh, I would. Have, I could have saved you some time on this. I could have interpreted your dream if I had. If that guy over there hadn't forgotten about me." But the the part here that It impresses me, and there's no record of it, but I I think it sets him up for a for future um, benefit. Is Joseph could have, if he wanted to, he could have had the cupbearer imprisoned, maybe even executed. He could have probably gone after Potiphar too, and his wife. They probably were when these people were seeing this happen. They're figuring, oh boy. Joseph's elevated the power, and what I did is going to come to light and The part is the culture he was in would have probably accepted that and maybe even encouraged that. We see that that's that's how they worked, okay when you're the king or you're the one in rule, you make the rules, and that's how it is but there's no record of Joseph doing that, and the part that is really important here is it's, um, it's where Joseph makes a, a specific choice of not letting his past influence where he's going. Out a word, he could have had them in prison. And the important part is that by doing so, or maybe not doing what he did not do, It set him up, or allowed him to walk further into his destiny, because if he couldn't forgive the um, the um, uh, the cupbearer, thank you, or the or Potiphar, if he could not release that, how in the world would he forgive, or how in the world would he make amends with his his uh, brothers? Okay, now he didn't know that that would be a possibility yet. He's only taking a step at a time. But if he couldn't do that for somebody he didn't know, how would he be able to um, walk into what God had for him, saving the family, saving the line of the Messiah? It also kind of, for us, it kind of reminds me a little bit of what we've done the last two weeks as far as symbolically releasing stuff from our past. We wrote things down. We threw them away. We washed our hands. And that's very symbolic and it declares things. And it's a good thing for us because as we're walking into what God has for us, those things are potential hang-ups and they're potential things that will hinder us and slow us down. But likewise is we need to walk into that freedom. And I've been, uh, just personally, I've, I've been reminded a, a couple of times in the last couple of weeks where, you know, I know what I declared and I know what I released. But also I've had opportunity where I've had to specifically say, Okay, I'm not going to pick that back up. I'm not going to go there because I want to. I want to allow God to do His work. I want to be able to walk into that freedom. So I don't know how it is for everybody else, but that is um, is a freeing thing too. And it does take purposeful choices. That's why I like the phrase. Of walking out God's plan or walking into His destiny, because it does say it's an action, and that's good for us to hear. Because sometimes as we we're, we we're, um, we want God to work, and we desire God to work and release, but also that um, that we might be able to make good choices. We can also take encouragement from how God used Joseph to prepare him for the future. In two separate scenarios, God gave Joseph the opportunity to uh, develop some skills that are going to benefit him in the future. Scripture says he led, he was in charge of everything in Potiphar's house, and even in prison. He had that much of a relationship with or had that much of an influence on people um, that the prison guard put him in charge of everything. And the significance of both of those occasions is God put him in, in a place where he, without knowing it, developed some skills leading not just people but leading Egyptians and relating to Egyptians, which would benefit him. When he got this opportunity from um, from Pharaoh, and the interesting part is again, he had to choose because both those experiences had negative endings for him or negative could have negative things that are attached to them, and if he focused only on the negative and what happened to him in bitterness and resentment, he might lose. When sometimes when we attach so much, if we 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 have a traumatic event, we can attach so much emotion to it that we we can lose some of that benefit that's there. And he he did he didn't do that. I mean, Potiphar's the the role in Potiphar's house that ended in him being imprisoned, and in in being in prison when he was relating to the fellow prisoners. His the one relationship that was supposed to benefit him didn't. The cupbearer did not come through. So Joseph could have perceived both experiences as negative and not gained any benefit. benefit. Also, what would have happened if Joseph deferred his opportunity to lead? What if he just enjoyed the comfort of the position and let someone else fulfill? the plan that God had. And he could have probably done that. He could have just enjoyed his life of luxury. But if he did do that, he would have been missing out on the part of the plan that would have blessed the most people and blessed more people than beyond himself. So he was thinking beyond himself But Joseph, in that, in that, um, when he's making that choice and he's choosing, and I don't know how hard it was for him to decide if he was going to take was going to take Pharaoh up on that offer, but we hear it as being something really good, and it really was. But if we just slow it down a little bit and think through it, he was the second in command, and he was he was. Um, Put in charge of executing a plan that God had already ordained. Seven years of plenty, we're going to prepare them for seven years of famine. Okay? But can you imagine how this is introduced to the Egyptian people? Okay? I'm Pharaoh. I say, hey, this is Joseph, and he's second in command. Listen to whatever he says. And the first, one of the first things he says is, I want 20% of your harvest. Okay, so I'm going to guess that um, that may not have gone over real well. Now, maybe they knew about the seven years, but there's just a good chance that being from a foreign land that they, didn't, they had no stake in that. But they may have questioned, who is this Hebrew fella coming in here and taking 20% of our good years? Okay, so there was still some challenges for Joseph to walk out, and he had, to, he had to choose. He had to choose to walk those out in under God's plan. And that's encouraging for us as far as, you know, he knew God was moving. He knew without a doubt that God had spoken and God was leading in this area. But he had to choose to take the steps. And sometimes they weren't easy because, like I said, they, they may have questioned that the wisdom of of joseph's actions did not become apparent to everybody until at least 7 plus years later because the scripture states that he did not open up the grain bids until the people cried out so they were already at a spot where they were in famine and who knows why they why that was the spot But they went to Pharaoh first and Pharaoh said, you go to Joseph and you do what he says. So we can um, see as Joseph walked out some of those decisions in a manner that, Followed the leading of the Holy Spirit and what God said. He stepped into his destiny. We realize he needed to step out in confidence in God's plan and take action to fulfill the plan. Like Joseph, our past is also valuable. And we know. From walking out our journeys, that God is more focused on the journey than he is on our destination. And obviously the destination is important, but like Joseph, he can use the rough spots, the hurts in our life to develop us, to maybe even get us valuable experience for things that will... Um, that we can use in the future for what God has for you as you're walking out your your um, what God has for your your destiny. It's really our choice how we view some of that those things, the junk, the 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 things that the hurts, the um, the uh, offenses, the the things that were done to us. Maybe even uh, even how we view the things that we've done ourselves. You know, um, we we can sometimes do foolish things, and uh, we pay the consequence for that. And um, But God can use that. So likewise, it may take us to take steps to walk out what God has for us, our destiny. It may require us to take steps of faith, to step out. And that may require us to get stretched a little bit just as Joseph got stretched. And it's tough because some of the situations that we get stretched in have emotion and hurts tied to them, maybe failures. Fear could be a factor. So it's really up to us what we hold on to or what we release God is working. The spirit of God is increasing. His spirit is working in those around us and in situations around us. God's restoring things. We can observe also from Joseph that God's plan was not just for him to enjoy. Joseph's obedience didn't just result in blessing for him. That was part of it, but it wasn't the primary goal. And I'm sure God enjoyed bestowing blessing upon Joseph and seeing him enjoy it. But God's plan was much bigger and involved and included more than Joseph. By walking into his destiny and the opportunity to be second in command in Egypt, God had put Joseph in place to secure a safe spot for the family of Israel. Okay, um, let's go to one more scripture yet. 42, 8, and 9. and Joseph is in command here. And um, this is when Joseph's brothers come down from Canaan to Egypt for grain. The famine had already set in, and... Uh, It obviously is having its effect, and um, I guess the brothers are sitting around one day, and Jacob just says, why are you guys just sitting here? There's grain in Egypt. Go to Egypt. So they travel to Egypt, and from the spot that um, Joseph is in is in command of all the Um, saving of grain and the releasing of grain after the famine sets in he sees his brothers and I'm not sure words could describe what he may have felt when he saw his brothers and the flood of emotion that would have come back to him but it had to be tremendous because not only is he seeing his brothers but also at that point some of that prophecy had to come back to him when he, he heard that from when he was a youth of his brothers coming to him and bowing down. So how can that help us or how can that encourage us with what we saw uh, Joseph uh, do and some of the decisions that he made? Prophecy is prophecy. Prophecy and it is a good thing. But at some point, the hope is that prophecy becomes reality, that it's walked out, that it comes to pass, and it is fulfilled. Isaiah 55, 11 states, my words will not return to me empty. And when... God's prophecy is fulfilled in earthly form, that's when people get blessed. One of the the greatest prophecy ever was the prophecy of the Messiah. And the price was not paid until Christ came to earth in, in flesh as a baby, grew up, ministered, and died on a cross. And that was fulfilled. That's when we could Experience salvation, other prophecies are Abraham and the nation of Israel, Jeremiah on the wall, and even genesis twelve three that states that israel the the god 's chosen people, how the nations of the world will be blessed through them obviously they 're blessed to the Messiah but Through history, the the people where the the Jewish people are have been blessed by people, by the Jews being uh, in their communities and in their countries. So, when prophecy comes to life, when we move into what God has for us, that's when lives get changed, things get restored, relationships are impacted for the good, families are impacted and communities are impacted, it, it just expands out. When we're walking, we're making choices to let the Spirit work in our lives. During the burn on Saturday afternoon, Dale Mast quoted or had, he said, our destiny, or he said, your destiny is not only for you to make it, but to help someone else make it. So as you're thinking of what, you know, um, walking into what God has for you, there's probably a larger purpose in there. And that's uh, easily identifiable for those that are are married and have families, but it even goes beyond that. So um, walking into your destiny and what your call is. He not only wants us to enjoy the freedom and the blessing of him, the peace, But how we can impact others in that. Don't know all the areas that God's moving in. That's between you and God, as far as um, what He's saying to you and the areas that He's moving in that you're sensing where He's moving. But if we, He's not just moving here, and that's where, with His presence increasing, How is that going to impact outside of this room? How is that going to impact your families? How is that going to impact um, schools and work environments? How is that going to impact communities? And we can also take encouragement from, what if I asked the question and said, what if I told you the battles that you have fought, the things you have endured, As you let the Spirit walk in, maybe those who come behind you won't have to fight those same battles. What happens if the things that took years to understand, future generations understand without having to fight through? That's when things really get exciting. Because at that point, God's not fighting the same f- battles. He's moved it to a different level where if there is battles to fight, the hope is that there are bigger victories as we as future generations. So you stepping into your destiny can change your family tree. It can change the future of of anything you would have influence on. It can change the projection of families. It can change a projection of churches. It can change a projection of, of um, communities, for you know, your towns, for schools. And it comes by people acting in obedience and walking out where the Spirit is already working. So our destinies can be uh, intertwined with each other. So not only is it our des- destiny, it could be ours, it could be our, our family, our marriage, but it could, a lot of our destinies, especially in this room, can be crossing over and can be, but that's where corporately that can have a multiplied impact. So in conclusion, I'm going to invite the the worship team and the prayer team up. going to just um, repeat a question that um, Luann Mast had Saturday afternoon at the Burn and she just said, are you ready for a move of God? God is here. The river is here. The Spirit of God, His presence is increasing, and He desires breakthrough for us. He wants us to enjoy Him and give Him the glory. He delights in us getting to splash in the river, but it does not end there. He delights when we can lead others and help others enjoy His presence, that they can splash in the river also. There is room. So I don't know how the Spirit's ministering to you and sensing what you're sensing, but I just invite you up front if you want prayer to have wisdom in identifying those next steps that God's leading in. Maybe you want to declare God's presence and victory in the area that he's revealed to you. Maybe you want to affirm the release of those things that you identified and you don't want them to hinder you anymore moving forward. Maybe you just want to get aligned with the, with the Spirit and just affirm that. Maybe you just want to say, I'm ready. And the front is open. If you just want to enjoy the, the river and enjoy his presence and his peace, you're welcome. just want to leave you with one final thought as we're, as we're coming to a close is and I'll refer back to um, Joseph getting the signet ring from Pharaoh and that was put on his hand and there, as I identified there was some challenges with him walking out and being second in command but just having that signet ring on I'm imagining gave him a lot of confidence and he walked with confidence because of the power and authority that was bestowed to him because of that ring. Okay. He didn't just say it's his word and he, Pharaoh literally gave him the ring, which in in those times was very significant. So let's take that as, as encouragement. want to declare that you can walk in confidence in what God has for you. Your past does not dictate who you are. We've talked about how we can release those things. The things that were done to you don't impact you either. God views you because of the blood of Jesus Christ in the state that is in his fullness. And sometimes that's hard for us to bring our minds to grasp but as we're walking out and seeing opportunity and walking into where the the holy spirit is working just know that you can walk in confidence because you're not going through the back door when you have victory in this you're going through the front door and you're going to be able to to use what God has for you and enjoy his present and it will be a victory that he um, has ordained and he can get the glory.